Thanks for tuning in to the Tom Nicola podcast, the audio version of my written articles. Before we delve into today's article, I want to mention a couple of things I offer outside of my articles themselves. First, the Nicola newsletter. Each Thursday, I send out the Nicola newsletter, which includes two or three of my own articles and a number of other published pieces I've discovered from the previous week. My subscribers love the variety of content, which, for the most part, centers on faith, fitness, and fortitude in this increasingly crazy world. Of course, the Nicola newsletter is free. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Second, I have to mention my online fitness program, Vigor Training. As a member, you get access to a variety of my personally designed strength and conditioning programs, the Vigor Training Facebook group, and other awesome membership stuff. I also provide training tips on your technique when you post videos of the prescribed movements in the group. That way, you not only do the right movements, but you do the movements right. All that is only $29 per month. At least that's the nominal monthly rate at the time of this recording. To learn more or join us, go to tomnicola.com slash vigor. That's V-I-G-O-R. If you're not ready for that, I also have a six-month free strength training program for beginners called Genesis. To get that free program, go to tomnicola.com slash Genesis. All right, on to the article. What will fitness look like in a Web3 world? By the end of 2022, almost everyone will have heard of the term Web3. Many will engage with it in one way or another, even though they don't realize they're part of the next evolution of the World Wide Web. Within a few years, I expect it'll become a regular part of our lifestyle, with most homes owning at least one pair of virtual reality glasses used for shopping, playing, and visiting with friends and family members. Like Web 2, which introduced us to chat rooms, social media platforms, and e-commerce, Web 3 will offer many new ways to be entertained and stay connected. Undoubtedly, we'll also deal with many new social, mental, and physical side effects as well. I've been learning a lot about Web 3. What I share below are just some initial thoughts related to health and fitness. What is Web 3? Web 1.0 began in the early 1990s. Remember dial-up connections and you've got mail? It was slow, but the ability to read a news story online or see a picture sent across the globe was worth the five minutes it took to load a page. This version of the web offered mainly rudimentary web pages, which you couldn't interact with, and email. Web 2.0 brought much faster data transfers and upgrades to technology. This opened the door for e-commerce and social media. Shortly thereafter, smartphones came along and eventually we were able to do almost everything on them that we could on a desktop computer. One of the biggest problems though is that these upgraded personalized experiences required something very personal, your data and privacy. By now, you've noticed that when you use Chrome to visit a company's online store, you'll see an ad from them when you scroll through your Facebook feed. Or you might even see an ad from one of their competitors. In some ways, this might be helpful. In others, it can be creepy. Especially when companies sell your data to other companies. Or when the government monitors your digital footprint. Combine this with your use of credit and debit cards, 
and it would be pretty easy to see what you're doing every day and who you're with. In essence, Web 2.0 gave birth to big tech, which enhanced the powers of Big Brother. Talking about either of them would have labeled you as a conspiracy theorist a couple of years ago. Today, the dark sides of both are undeniable. If you're not yet concerned about big tech, I recommend listening to this Joe Rogan interview with Dr. Epstein. That's episode 1768 since you're listening to this. If you're not yet concerned about how Big Brother is looking over your shoulder, I'd recommend getting your news from somewhere other than CNN or MSNBC. Web 3.0, or Web 3, is based on blockchain, a decentralized technology system where the individuals own their data and control their privacy. When you hear the term blockchain, you might think of cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, and rightfully so. Bitcoin is what introduced most of the world to blockchain technology. But blockchain technology can do much more than offer an alternative way to store and spend digital currency. For our purposes here, I simply want to emphasize that blockchain led us to Web3, and Web3 will become part of our way of life going forward. Increased privacy for individuals and transparency for companies is a good thing. But it also ushers us into a world of virtual reality and even more potential reliance on computers and smartphones than ever. As a result, it could make an already overweight and unhealthy society more sick than ever. Web3 Opportunities for Health and Fitness Web3 not only comes with new opportunities and risks, but it also comes with many new terms and concepts. The more you hear these terms, the more they'll start to make sense. So don't worry if you feel like some of this looks like word soup. NFTs and lifetime memberships. NFT stands for non-fungible token. It is a unique digital asset assigned to one person or group. The digital asset could be, could be a video, picture, or some other file. The digital asset could be connected to a physical asset as well. For example, you could buy a pair of shoes that come with an NFT of that same shoe to show it's exclusively yours. That way, you can show off your shoes in the real world or in virtual reality, if you're into that sort of thing. NFTs can also be a way to gain community or membership access. If I were an executive of a fitness company, I'd explore the idea of producing a set number of NFTs that provide the owner with an all-access membership. Let's say a family membership to your local fitness center costs $300 per month or $3,600 per year. I expect fitness companies will eventually offer NFTs as a way to own that membership and not need to pay the $300 per month. Instead, you might buy that NFT for $6,000 and retain membership benefits as long as you want to own them. At some point, you might decide to sell your NFT and get $10,000 for it. That might sound like a lot of money, but if someone could hold it for five years and use the gym consistently, it would pay for itself. The cool thing about NFTs is that the fitness company can set it up so that they get a percentage each time the NFT is sold. If they got 10% with each sale, 
It helps them maintain their profits and even incentivizes them to help you sell it if you wish. The more value the membership has, the higher the price point the NFT sells for, and the more money both the NFT owner and the fitness company can make. This is exciting for a gym membership because it can do away with monthly charges or annual contracts. It's exciting for the fitness company because it creates a different revenue stream and because it's built on blockchain. It significantly reduces expenses like credit card fees. DAOs, DAOs, and community-owned fitness centers. DAO is another term you'll hear a lot about in the coming years. It stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. As its name suggests, it's an organization run by the people who fund it, not by the person or people who come up with the business idea. The rules of the organization are defined prior to funding it, so those who invest know what they're getting into. The business is then governed through automation by those rules, not by an overcrowded corporate management team. One of the most newsworthy DAOs is the Constitution DAO, which tried to buy one of the last remaining copies of the U.S. Constitution. They raised and offered $20 million, but ultimately got beat by someone else for the purchase. The cool thing about a DAO is that an individual's financial contribution not only makes them an investor, but their investment gives them partial governance over the organization. I can imagine small communities forming DAOs to fund a fitness center, and because there's a lot less overhead, that fitness center can maintain better equipment and technology compared to the fitness center down the street that has considerable overhead to keep it operating. Of course, this assumes that people will still want to go to the gym in a Web3 world, and that is one of my many concerns as we move into this new technology. Web3 Dangers for Health and Fitness For all its financial and privacy benefits, Web3 also comes with some serious risks for humankind. It has the potential for us to live more like the characters in Wall-E than today's humans. By the way, since you're listening to the digital version of this, I did include a video clip in my online version. If you want to see the Wall-E video snippet that I picked out, just search fitless humans wall E and you'll find that clip. It's about three minutes long. Increased sedentary time. The concept of the metaverse was around long before Mark Zuckerberg decided to change his company to meta. The concept of the metaverse is that our physical and digital or virtual worlds will become one way of living. I'm not saying I like the idea, I'm just saying that we're headed there, even if we don't like it. Using virtual reality, you'll be able to shop, attend live entertainment, and meet up with friends and family members. As humans, we avoid effort and seek ease, even if it's subconscious. I can see people getting sucked into their virtual lives more and more. The same could be said for companies who can save significant money by having their employees come to their virtual office and no longer needing a physical one. And to make matters worse, play to earn or PTE games offer ways for people to make as much, if not more money than entry level jobs would pay them. We're already succumbing to sedentary lifestyle diseases at alarming rates. 
obesity is way more of a threat than COVID-19 could ever be. And yet, technology is taking us down a course that'll only make things worse for our bodies and brains, not better. Reliance on at-home workouts. As we're able to work, shop, and meet with our friends without leaving our homes, we'll be more enticed to work out from home as well. If you have the disposable income to set up a complete home gym, that's probably not a problem. But if you don't have the space or extra money to set up a squat rack, bench, rack full of dumbbells, barbells, and plates, working out at home won't be the solution that companies will sell you it is. To maintain health, mobility, and proper joint function, we need to face consistent, progressive physical resistance. Outside of the small percentage of people who have heavy manual labor jobs, we need to do regular resistance training. There's no good replacement for what a gym can offer. Unfortunately, we've already seen companies trying to sell people on their at-home workout programs. I'm sure it'll get worse when you can put on your VR glasses and join an online class from your living room. On top of that, people will need to overcome their habit of sitting at home to go to a gym. Will companies make money selling at-home workout programs? Absolutely. And their successes will only add to the problem of making people believe they'll get fit a few feet from their couch. Living as avatars and hiding our real selves. The majority of people in the United States are already overweight. We're actually on the trend where half of the population will be obese in the not too distant future. Will spending part of our lives in a virtual reality make things even worse? I suspect so. In the virtual world, you can literally be whoever you want to be. Look however you want to look. Gender dysmorphia will be at a whole other level, and so will body dysmorphia. If we spend enough time living as a character that isn't who we are, we'll start to believe it. But it isn't your avatar that needs to keep your blood flowing through your veins or your brain functioning well, long into old age. It isn't your avatar that'll lose a foot due to diabetes, or get skin infections where the body fat folds on top of itself as you sit. It'll be the body that makes that avatar possible. I'm sure the drug companies will come up with new and better treatments to keep people alive, but at what point will people realize that they're nothing more than power sources for an avatar rather than living, breathing human beings? Living like Neo before he woke up might seem insane, but insane is a term we've used more and more to describe the world these past couple of years. Reduced time spent outdoors. A systematic review of 143 studies found that spending time outdoors or in green space reduced salivary cortisol, reduced heart rate, reduced diastolic blood pressure, improved HDL cholesterol levels, improved heart rate variability, reduced rates of type 2 diabetes, reduced all-cause mortality, reduced cardiovascular mortality, improved overall health, improved cancer outcomes, reduced respiratory mortality, and improved sleep duration. I'm sure that as virtual reality developers improve the look and feel of the digital world, they'll integrate green space into those worlds as well, but it won't be the same. 
I didn't fully appreciate the mental and physical health benefits of being outdoors until we moved out of Minneapolis and into the country in late 2020. Even now, as I'm writing this, I'm looking forward to spending time in the woods this afternoon. If you'd like to follow along with some of what we're doing, check out our new site, Tom and Vanessa's Country. All the credit for the creativity goes to Vanessa when you see it. At any rate, more time living through virtual reality means less time outside. Less time outside leads to more health problems than we're already dealing with. Get ready. Life as part of a metaverse is coming. And though we know Web3 will introduce a lot of cool concepts and opportunities, it'll come with many unknown risks. For individuals, it's more important than ever to get in the habit of going to a gym, going to sleep on time, eating a healthy, high-protein diet, and getting outdoors. If you make those non-negotiable habits, you can avoid some of the negative effects of this new way of living. If you don't, you could become one of the victims of technological evolution. As for fitness companies, it's more important than ever to help people make going to the gym an enjoyable, valuable part of their lives. If they see it as a chore, they'll surely give up on it when something more entertaining comes along. Use the concept of the NFT to create lifelong members and then add more value to owning that NFT by getting members to come together in person for real-life events. Use your ex expertise in building fitness centers to help small-town communities form DAOs to build their own local gyms and keep people fit and healthy in small-town America. We're at the very beginning of something new. As long as we keep our priorities in order, the transition to Web3 could be exciting and worthwhile. We should never overlook the dark side of this shiny new object, or we'll become victims of it without knowing it. Thanks again for listening. If you like this content, please leave a rating on the podcast platform you're using and pass it along to others who'd find it helpful. And if you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the Nicola newsletter, where I share a lot of other content you won't find on my site or podcast. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Keep growing your faith, improving your fitness, and building fortitude.